0: Radio, let's go. Full hey. service radio. Hey. Ah. Full service radio. Ha. Full service radio. Ah. <laughs> we need to do that. We need to do the jig. We need to do the jingle now for all opening shows for full service radio. Now I think this needs to happen. You're welcome. Next time we just need to record this and lay down the track, and that's how it goes. Ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender identities, welcome <laughs> to the Beauty Radio. Yes. Your fashion history comedy podcast here on what? Full service radio. Full service Service. radio Radio. broadcasting live from the line hotel in washington dc i'm your host professor noir with mix monday mix monday i also want to make um a statement
1: oh god all right this is
0: really serious i want to come clean about something Uh that i thought people were aware of but a lot of what we do is sarcasm um Uh
1: uh-huh this thing called sarcasm our
0: titles um are not necessarily definite they're not written down we are experimenting with these titles. Um, one person who listens to our show asks, are you really a professor? And I want to tell everyone, I am not an actual professor. <laughs> I am not impersonating a uh, legitimate educator. I am a fashion apostle. Yeah, Which is more. I lead the kids.
1: You're just dropping knowledge. I just drop for knowledge. The children. We're doing just, it for the children.
0: I drop knowledge. That's all I do. That's all I, I, do. I do. Let's clean up the closet a little bit, Mundy. Let's clean up the closet. You yes. got some feelings? Let's do it. You got some news? Well, I I
1: got got all the feelings.
0: Well, there is this feeling that a lot of people are feeling. Um, Personally, it's really sad what happened to Kobe Bryant, especially his daughter. Oh, true. And their their family friends. Yeah. Because now that all the victims have been identified, um, it was literally him, his daughter, and their friends and their daughters going to a girl's game.
1: Aww.
0: Yeah. That's so sad.
1: Yeah, it really is. It's
0: so sad. So... You know, pour one out and remember the people that have been lost.
1: Truly. Truly, yeah. I actually also lost a friend recently that was a staple of the D.C. community. I'm sorry. She will be dearly missed, Austina, and we're going to have a celebration of her life at D.C. 9 on Wednesday, the 5th.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So if
1: people want to come pour one out. Yeah. Do that. It'll be a proper go-go like she would like.
0: Don't actually pour anything on the floor, though, because they only have to clean that up. That's just mean. (laughs)
1: But it is DC-9. But it is DC-9, so
0: they're, not, not, DC9, so they're not unaware. <laughs> <laughs> they're not unfamiliar. It won't be the first time. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's also Fashion Month.
1: Mm, yes. It is Fashion
0: Month. Fashion Month means the time where the major cities, New York, Paris, London, Milan, um, all have their ready-to-wear shows at this time. So usually, like, once Couture Week ends, and it's Men's Fashion Week. And they almost happen either, like, in the summer, it's... New York, or it's actually like Milan, Paris, New York. And so it happens consecutively. This year it seemed to happen like all the same time from Men's Fashion Week for the winter. Huh. So, a lot of collect- so a lot of collections were happening like all of, all of a sudden. That's what it looked like. I'm not sure. Um, but now it's Fashion Month. It's New York Fashion Week. I think it's like now the end of New York Fashion Week.
1: Yeah. It's the uh, end of the week.
0: Yeah. I haven't really been following New York Fashion Week. Actually, <laughs> I haven't been following New York Fashion Week in years, which is... As a passionate Apostle, it's not good, but those kids have been lost to the slaughter, in my opinion, when it comes to creativity. It's
1: just, uh, yeah.
0: So, they're not necessarily always my favorite. There's a lot more creativity happening on the streets in New York than actually on the runways. Yeah, Which I think is still very interesting. It's also happening right now. (laughs) Right now. Do you have any feelings, Mundy? You want to let it out?
1: I have all the feelings. What's going on? Um... Really excited about my friend Lisa Marie Thalhammer's show coming up at the Cheshire. She's like an amazing mural artist, if you don't know her. We
0: talk about Lisa a lot. So if you don't know her, her. yeah, we love Lisa.
1: Get you some Lisa in your life. If you have seen any, basically any rainbow mural anywhere around DC, um, it's her. Um,
0: Not any, any single one, but like pretty much though, but like a lot of them, like the really cool geometric or just very exuberant, right. full of life, exploding with life ones. Those are, yes. that's Lisa, that's Lisa, that's
1: Lisa exploding with life, exploding
0: with life. So, and, um,
1: so she's going to be having a four day show up at the Cheshire mm-hmm. next weekend. And then we, my band is going to play the pop off party Saturday on the 8th,
0: Ooh. which
1: is going to be so fun. Pop off. We're going to pop it off. Yes. Art, love, music, party.
0: Love. That's what it's all about. Music. So. <laughs> Just saying nouns. <laughs> words,
1: words, 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 words,
0: words. Yes.
1: And I had so much fun yesterday shooting with you. Oh,
0: yeah. We did a photo shoot yesterday, you guys. We were going to have some new promotional materials coming at you.
1: Yes. Bow, bow, we got bow, a bow. lot of content done yesterday. So keep a look out for our cuteness.
0: It was, it was really cute, actually. We shot. Can we talk about where we shot it?
1: Uh, Yeah, we shot at the school that I work at. Yeah, Um, I'm the drama director at a school nearby on 19th Street. It's a bilingual school.
0: We were really, I was really scared because there were still kids there.
1: There were children. Um, He was like, I don't like. Children.
0: i don't dislike children they're just not my kids and so like i don't have to be around kids and i just live a very adult life and i like to keep it like that that's all i'm saying i'm okay with that i
1: understand i also live a very adult life
0: I, you know my life very rarely comes in contact with children so i like to keep it like that yeah you know I got enough bills taking care of myself. You feel it. You feel it, Alexia. You know. Are you cracking up because I'm talking about these kids? Kids I will not even know? It's rude as shit. It's not
1: rude. I, why I, I, I'm not being rude. He was like, it smells like children in here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which is real. Which is real. They have a smell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there is some really fun news in the theater world. Um, Rocky Horror is doing an all black cast in Baltimore Yes, called the chocolate. <laughs> yes. Hey! Hey! <laughs> called chocolate covered Rocky Horror. I'm so here for it. Coming to Baltimore soundstage in February. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I actually really want to see this show. I think it'd we be really go. cool. Yeah, we should go. Beauty Archaeo field trip. Oh, yeah! we should contact them. Yes. See if we can get something. We can do something. We yeah. Can get something and then down. we'll talk about
1: them on the show.
0: Or just have maybe have them. Ooh. That'd be fun. Get
1: some chocolate-covered Rockies helps, in here. Yeah,
0: maybe get Lips or if, whoever's playing Lips. It's called Big Lips. I don't even know. Stop it. I really hope the character's called Big Lips. I,
1: uh, yes.
0: Yes. Uh, yes, you're here for it. Uh, <laughs> Monty's like, I don't know if I should be here for it. I'm going to tell you you're here for it. We all are. I'm
1: always here for Big Lips.
0: You're always here for beautiful, beautiful, chocolatey, beautiful Lips. Oh, my gosh. Do you want to take a hot break for a minute? I mean, now
1: we're getting all hot, yeah. I know.
0: Let's take a little hot break. It is a little steamy. We're going to open up the door. I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. I came into this uh, pod loft, (laughs) the glass glass enclosed
1: nerve nerve center,
0: center. Um, and I was like, it's really hot in here, Alexia. And last week, I was basically in my underwear (laughs) and boots doing this show because I was hot. And so I asked her, I was just like, yo, why is it hot? And she was like, I don't know why. It's so cool. I was like, what's the temperature? She's like, it's just at 74. I was like, oh. Um, yeah. It's just a chill, it's, cool breeze. Is that a balmy 74. <laughs> I was like, let's turn the rainforest temperature down. For a minute, because I'm just, I'm wearing these silks and these nylons.
1: You were not wearing clothes. It was amazing.
0: I wasn't wearing clothes. It was, it was, it was hot though. I looked like a Bob Fosse dancer. You truly did. Ah, (laughs) (laughs) If only there was video in here. I swear to God, we would just do that little. Seriously. People don't even understand. They don't know. Especially
1: at the break. I'm like twerking in the window
0: and stuff. People are looking at me like. You're not twerking in the windows. Not currently,
1: but I did last I did last week.
0: You're not twerking in the windows right now. You are on the microphone, <laughs> sitting down.
1: Oh, um, We do
0: look like um, a coven, though. We do look like a little pair of witches right now. I mean, that's real. We're in all black. You have this nice that's... checkered, like, fitted sweater. It's really high. Thank
1: you. I love this. I'm all about a black and white checker print. Yeah.
0: yeah it's really cute. It's so, really cute. We look like you, little baby. CW witches.
1: We do. That's the thing. We're happy goths. We're
0: happy goths. I I'm love the CW. Witches. It says that I am sexy, I have a current employee job. And I'm getting a paycheck hey. from a reputable employer. You know what? <laughs> Living the dream. That's is what CW says to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, we need to go a break because we just sound ridiculous at this point. And we have to start this class. Yes,
1: I'm so excited, class. We're coming back to the 20s talking 20s. about one of the ultimate flappers, the definition of the flapper lifestyle. The first Zelda. American flapper. Yes, Zelda Fitzgerald. Zelda
0: Fitzgerald. We'll be right back, everyone. Deputy Yucky the Deputy Yucky you. Yeah, Amazing song. Uh,
1: like, proper 30 second turn
0: up. Okay, by the way, everyone. So, yeah, I was just <laughs> coming from Money Be Like, you're not twerking in the window right now. Then, as soon and as then, we go on
1: break, of course I start twerking in the Alicia window.
0: Alexia drops this new track on us, and then we are all like getting it just now. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> this I'm,
1: whole grog- like, group of people that was walking by literally just stopped and looked at me in horror. Like, <laughs> like Alexia's getting with all. the
0: skeleton. You was twerking. Like, no, seriously, if you have time, people. Come down to the line. Yeah, come party with us. Come party with us. You can watch the show from the outside. And if you're dressed really well, you can maybe watch the show from the inside. <laughs> the, more you, the better you look, the more you see. Brettie Sonellis from my favorite book, Glamorama. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is also another man who was very inspired by F. Scott Fitzgerald in terms of his writing and subjects. But mm-hmm. we can go into that another time. Um, another time. Another time. Um... So here we are. Here we are. Oh my god! I just got an email about still my taxes. Still in my twenties, <laughs> oh girl. Oh god, oh girl. Oh my god, we're still we're in the twenties. We are like now we're in like the beginning of the twenties, right? Really, like yeah. we're in the beginning of the twenties. We're in the time where like things are really, really outrageous. Um, truly,
1: truly, truly outrageous.
0: If you if you don't mind, Monday, I would like to title this episode. Do you mind if I do? No. Okay. Cuz this is a very passionate subject from when we were discussing what we want to talk about.
1: Yeah. True. And
0: I was just like, well, you know what? You lead the charge and like take us on this journey, but I would like to title this The Lady Z. Ooh, I love it. I hope you did. <laughs> <laughs> Approved. Approved. <laughs> did you want to start? or Should I start? Um, sure. Well, I just can't wait to get into it. Well, I'll just set the stage really quick. Okay. We are in the 1920s. <laughs> We're in the, the beginning of a new era. This is after World War I has ended. And as I've talked about it many times, remember when we say world war, this is a war all over. This is, this is a war that is fought all over by so many people. Everyone is in turmoil. Everyone is displaced. Everyone is in a new state of mind, yeah. be it for the better or for the negative at this, at this time. And so this is also a war that really brought on a lot of tech, development of technology and destruction in a manner that people had never seen their entire lives. So the idea of living and life be- get, begins a whole new meaning at this time. Totally. And imagine yourself if you were, you know, 13... Or 14, or even 16, and you either survived if you were a young man that went off to war by the time you were, like, 18, mm-hmm. um, which was very rare, or you were a young woman who watched this entire thing happen in front of her right, and grew up, and now you are 18 and 1920, like, Wild. Wild. The beginning of a new decade, the beginning of a new era, the beginning of everything. And there's a movie called The Beginning of Z, actually, about Zelda yes. uh, with uh, uh, Christina Ricci. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of the beginning of Z. And it's this time where the youth really take a whole new level in society. They have a whole new presence that we had really never seen before in um, a whole new manner. You know, the idea of getting married by the time you're 18 and, like, settling down and having kids and all sort of stuff is completely off the window now. That does not mean anything. Right. Especially all the men are dead. Exactly. So, take it away, Mundy. Yeah, the so those, those
1: gender norms that had been so uh, ingrained just started to kind of become irrelevant because of the way their life was going. So, and that's where we saw the emergence of the flapper, the one who, you know, really challenged that concept of femininity. And, and the flappers, being demure. You, s-
0: and you said before, what what does the term flapper come from?
1: Uh, so the the actual name flapper actually came from <sighs> the girls putting on their galoshes in a hurry, trying to get to a party or whatever, and not fastening the, the latch, yeah. the buckle on their galoshes. So when they walked, they literally made like a flapping sound.
0: That's so wild. That's so wild. And of
1: course, you know, in a very unlighty like fashion, they drug their feet
0: yes right well i'm also oh yeah well they're drink dragging their feet from party to party one Cause probably because they're tired Cause they're drunk. Two and two because they're drunk <laughs> and high and like on you know. all these different things yeah. and you know this is also like where we really see uh, the development of nightlife in the 20th century way that we know of today develop as well mm-hmm. with the youth running the nightlife so, you know, these young people going from bar to bar to house party to mansion to bar to club, you know what I mean? Taking drugs, drinking heavily, staying out all night and morning, waking up like in the afternoon, late, you know, early evening. Totally. And, and,
1: then, and thinking about what they want to do with their lives. They thinking- are no
0: longer alive to be a mother and a wife. Life. Like, okay, if that's not what I'm going to do, what am I going to do? Exactly. And so the funny thing is, yes, and that's another thing, too, is that you have this one half or this one side of just, like, party kids. Right. You know, like, tearing it up. Because now it isn't about these traditional lifestyles anymore that their parents live. It's about living a whole new life. And so even that woman that we talked about last week that led this campaign against flappers and the mothers of flappers Mm -hmm. saying that they're to blame, they're not to blame. Because it's a whole new way of thinking that is, not, that is not about necessary. It's not about what the parents gave them. It's about what they don't want from that generation anymore. Right. And getting as far away from that generation. Actually, funny enough, because you know I love true crime, this is also <laughs> yes, an era, weirdly enough, in cults, I love a good cult. This is also an era where um, the settling and development of California, especially Hollywood, mm-hmm. took off. Yeah. Um, but it was also the time where the most cults existed in America was in Hollywood. Oh, wow. Yes. And the reason, and a scholar said on a podcast I was um, listening to, they said, and most likely the reason was because these young people who then became the members of these cults and the developers of these cults, they were trying to get away from their parents' Victorian religious strict values. So they sought after extreme religious beliefs Mm -hmm. and in turn found themselves in a more strict Setting than the Victorian Christian establishment. Right. Uh, which I was like, that is deep, bitch. It is. That's deep. But it's true, though. I mean, like, really, a lot of things to the extreme. There's a really cool, like, again, I love archival videos, and I was watching one a couple years ago about... Um, it was saying that uh, it was called, like, the wild things that people did in the 20s, basically. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: You know, there's, like, a video of people, like, really, like, experimenting with electricity and, like, putting their hands on, like, the electric balls and getting the stack of electricity to their hair. <laughs> yeah. You know, those kinds of things. There was also one that I found really crazy. Two women tap dancing on top of telephone poles. What? Yes. Gr- yes.
1: That sounds dangerous. That,
0: I'm, I'm still like, how the, you get up to the telephone pole. <laughs> That's what I'm How'd still you get at. Up there? How'd you get up there? I'm already. That's some ingenuity. <laughs> we lazy y'all. Like that's some ingenuity. And then there's a video of them tap dancing on top of telephone poles in like the country, like in Kansas.
1: That's wild. Yeah,
0: not like in New York. Like right, just like crazy shit, like crazy, crazy shit ass flappers. You know, like it's it was really interesting. Um, but also, too, the idea of being a flapper was almost like even the hippies in the '60s. You had to be of a right. certain lifestyle. Totally. You had to be of a certain class to really be able to spend your time drinking and partying and thinking about and wondering about and contemplating about your life. Mm-hmm. You know what and I mean? Luxury, like, that was for a luxury. Sure. It was still a luxury. Absolutely. And that's how we have Zelda Fitzgerald. Do you want to take over her biography and talk about her roots?
1: I mean, yeah, she definitely came from means. Um, she was a Southern Belle, classic Southern Belle.
0: Montgomery, Alabama, to be exact. Mm-hmm. Yes. And had six children, or not had six children, was the youngest of six children. She didn't have six children. She, she, had, she had, had, had one. one. Yeah. Excuse me. She was like my vagina. Right. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, she, she was the youngest of six kids. Yeah.
0: So her original, her maiden name is Zelda Sayre, and she's the youngest of six children. Her mother's name is Minerva Buckner, Minnie Buckner Mansion, Minerva, Manchin. Minerva, which is a great name. It really is. We need to bring back Minerva, Minerva, Minerva. You Arr. gotta say it
1: with the Southern accent. Minerva,
0: I can't right now. This is not sounding good <laughs> when I do it. You do the accent. dude.
1: Daniel Radcliffe, is that you?
0: That's definitely not Daniel Radcliffe. It really looks like him. That definitely does not look dude, like the classic closed
1: nerve center is like ADD. That does not inducing.
0: That does not look like Daniel Radcliffe. A little bit. He would never wear that.
1: Well, obviously.
0: <laughs> Why are we even discussing this? Oh, yeah. Anyway,
1: back to Zelda. Back to
0: Zelda. That got so <laughs> we like, "Oh, off track." Now I'm like looking all hard, taking the microphone with me. Is that Daniel? That's the not- Daniel is that you? That does kind of look like Daniel Radcliffe a little bit, he but it's really not does. him. He's too chunky for Daniel. Ooh. No, cuz Daniel Radcliffe is like Hollywood skinny. He, no, he really you is. Know? Ever like, since Equus. Yeah, he's like he you had to know, get naked. He's yeah, he's like Chris, like, what's her name again? Nicole Richie Skinny. Ooh. Uh, hey, that's she did that, not me. Ooh. <laughs> so back to this rich ass Southern racist family. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't remember Zelda's friends being black. Anyway.
1: No, actually, that was one thing about Zelda. She was completely, you know, she was hanging out with the jazz musicians. Yeah, and exactly. Shit. Exactly. She no, didn't I'm just give fucking fuck. around. She
0: did. She did. I was fucking around. Um, but um, her mother actually I found this on Wikipedia which I thought was really interesting her mother named her Zelda after two characters in her favorite books the Tale of the Massachusetts Colony and Zelda's Fortune and really funny my mom in elementary school one of her best friends was also named Zelda that's cool I was like a name back of the day
1: it's a great-ass name it's a
0: great-ass name um, her father was um justice of the supreme court of alabama and yes. considered one of alabama's leading jurists mm-hmm. um, but he was also very like strict and remote as opposed to her mother who was very doting and spoiled the children exactly um and then the family also just had like a long line of just rich-ass privileged white people in their family yep. so you know like you know breeding be- breeding breeds privilege i don't know um, but they were from Long Island. They were, like, early Long Island settlers and then moved to Alabama before the Civil War, which I'm trying to think about, how was that family conflict during the Civil War? Because Southerners and Northerners hated each other mm. back then, like, really, really hate each other. Yeah. Um, so I wonder what that family conflict was like, too. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it was well before her time. Um, so... By the time Selda was born, the Sayers were basically like a prominent Southern family. And yeah. her great uncle, John Tyler Morgan, served six terms in the United States Senate. Her paternal grandfather edited the newspaper in Montgomery. And her maternal grandfather um, was Willis Benson Matchin, who served as par- a pers- uh, served a partial term as U.S. Senator from Kentucky. So... They were doing their thing, girl, mm-hmm. all in the politics, yes. creating lots of policies Right. that did not help people. Right. Uh, <laughs> and writers.
1: She came from a family of writers. She
0: did. She did. I mean, but like these people as well. I mean, like a lot of these people were also like really well-known writers. It's part of like yeah. why they got to the positions they got in politics. Because mm-hmm. um, back in the day, you know, like you actually had to do something to be a politician. As Wild. opposed to now. <laughs> this
1: is that sarcasm we were referring, referring to. to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, she was super talented. She was a dancer mm-hmm. and a painter and
0: <laughs> a writer. I was like, I was totally going to say that too. <laughs> she was a dancer uh, and a painter. She yeah. uh, went to Sydney L- uh, Lanyard High School. And she was considered bright, but she, like, honestly wasn't interested in her, like, academic studies. But no. the ballet is obviously, like, what really took hold.
1: Mm-hmm. And some of, like, some of her most beautiful paintings are, you know, like, figure drawings of, like, ballerinas and stuff.
0: Ballerinas.
1: You know, ballerinas. Ballerinas.
0: So I would say, like, when... So knowing, like, the development of Zelda finch this is actually kind of reminiscent of a lot of the famous flappers of that time. This very, like, prominent old money upbringing. And then an, an indulgence of that child during that upbringing. Mm-hmm. And then you go into this child kind of, like, acting out from that upbringing when they right. get into their adult years. Right. And also to even to think about it, too. I mean, like, she grew up during, like, the Gilded Age. So I can only imagine how indulged she was. This The Gilded Age, too... If you look at a lot of what's going on in the Gilded Age in terms of fashion, commerce, retail, especially retail, will tell you a lot about how people lived in the Gilded Age because shopping was just so important yeah. to the human experience in the Western world. <laughs> and so, um, like even still to now, but just <laughs> shopping, not idea. even like shopping for like <laughs> designer clothes and like you know beautiful shoes and dresses, but like shopping, like what is being sold, what is being marketed, what is being advertised. A lot of children's products begun to start being advertised. And so the idea of the child actually being a... like a person that needs attention and has likes and dislikes actually Mm -hmm. becomes like an idea for parents that that didn't really exist before. And so... You also see a lot of parents that were able to overindulge their child with right. all these new products, with mm-hmm. this new idea, with this new lifestyle, with the access to a lot of money that people were getting into at this time. Um, so, but then you also see in the 20s with a lot of these kids, and a lot of these wealthy, you know, elite socialites, um, they do kind of go against their upbringing by overindulging Right. In the darker side of it. Yeah. Um, But.
1: But, yeah. So she was this super creative, really intelligent, free spirit. Um, And when she met F. Scott, it was just like. They fell in love real fast. It was, like, one of these really wild, like, they were just, they loved partying together and they loved throwing parties and stuff like that. And he really supported her when he first met her. He Mm -hmm. said that he loved that she was a free spirit and creative and stuff. Uh But then as soon as they got married, it was like, no, you're on lock now. Yeah. Now now you're a wife. Now you can't behave that way anymore. Yes. You know. And, like, Um, and that's,
0: and it's so wild, too, because, like, even before she met him, she had, because of that. I, that attitude she had, she like had a lot of movement, you know, throughout the world. Like she yeah. was able to like walk into a room as a single woman and really hold her own, and people were really like thrown by that and really like engaged by it as well. She had flocks of
1: suitors, flocks, people just begging for it be- all ooh, over just, the world. Just,
0: mm, just yummy, just
1: begging for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, and as he got more and more strict, more like her father was. Exactly. Um, she continued to write, but she kept really extensive journals. Mm-hmm. And F. Scott would steal her journals and take pieces of her writing out of it and, mm. and claim them as his own words. Yes. And there's a lot of discussion about whether or not you know, that famous book that he came out with was even written by him at all. The Great and Gatsby. I, I truly know not Great Gatsby. Which one? Um, save the Last Waltz.
0: Oh, whatever yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, the one that first made him famous before uh-huh. he wrote Great Gatsby. Um, I don't think he wrote it at all. Yeah. I think she wrote it.
0: Interesting. Yeah, because he would
1: literally just steal her journals. Mm. It's crazy. I mean, she did eventually when she was older... Right. No, Save the Last Waltz is one that she actually was able to put her name on. But yes. it wasn't until much later in her life that she was actually able to publish her own
0: books. Well, I mean, speaking of that, too, to just I am going to jump ahead a little hot second and mention this, that much later in her life, she had a lot of difficulties with her own mental health. She
1: did, but, but also, like, in that time period, like, just being a free-thinking woman that loves sex and art... Yes. ...you were considered insane. Well, also, And the best way to control a bitch was to put her in a mental institution.
0: Well, that's what I was just going to say. I was, like, saying that... I was going to say, yeah, jumping forward, like, this became very much so part of her identity, the fact that she suffered so much from her own mental health. Right. Um. But she was also institutionalized very heavily. And which,
1: heavily medicated, and, and she kept medi- escaping.
0: And so... And to... To, just a to comment, though. To go back, though, this is something that had been building because, to, I mean, just like growing up, she already was labeled having emotional problems, which we didn't actually mention. I was going to mention. Um, but so she was already institutionalized, had the PTSD, in my opinion, from being institutionalized at a young age. Totally.
1: For, um, you know, having emotions. And
0: having emotions. Mix that with rampant and unhinged substance abuse. Right. Because at that point, like partying and everything, but at one point it becomes abuse.
1: Well, yeah. And it and, became that way because she was, had so many ideas and so many things she wanted to be doing. And the more repressed she was. Yes.
0: And that's was what where gonna, she turned to that. And that's what I was going to say is like when people, when you look at the relationship between F Scott and Zelda, People label it a lot of times as this this amazing love affair between two young, beautiful Americans that took the world by storm. And yes, that element was there. It started that way. It started that way. But it was definitely a tumultuous, unhealthy relationship between two mentally unhealthy people.
1: Absolutely. And I
0: don't want to say fully mentally ill because we don't know the extent but mentally unhealthy people. Because F. Scott didn't grow with the best, like, fucking background either. Right. At all. And, you know, to think about it too, like, this actually really illustrates that changing of the times for me, if you think about this. And just go with me on this, because money's giving me the eyeball right now. (laughs) Uh, I know. Um, But, um, you know, coming out of Victorian values socially, and we're talking about all of it. Economics, class, gender, all of the things about gender. These people, these young people grew up in that. And even during their formative years, they still had that. So then to, to now break out of it in this new decade, do you really think someone's gonna really change right. that quickly? And so, you know, I think that with that, with this new change, I think F. Scott. And I think a lot of men probably, and a lot of women, lie to themselves about what they can take on and who they really are. Yeah. And, you know, like, I think that F. Scott, I think probably is a person, if he is a person, if he's the person that we think he was in this period, I can see him being a very conflicted man that then acts out by suppressing his environment.
1: Right. Well, yeah. And he was very jealous of her talent. Sorry,
0: that's a very long explanation. It's okay. But you but saw also, where I was going. <laughs> but yes, but
1: also a huge ground like basis of the flapper mentality was, I'm going to live for myself now. Yes. So they were both very self-involved people.
0: People, yeah.
1: You know? Self-involved. Especially F. Scott. Yeah,
0: self-involved people with Victorian values is very dangerous, in my opinion. Absolutely. Because... You already are bred to, as a man, to own your environment. That means the people. That means your wife, your kids, everything. Mm -hmm. As a woman, you are bred to submit to your environment. That means the people, your kids, and your husband. Yeah. And then take that and say, but I'm actually going to go live for myself. I can only see so much duality and conflict happening. I mean, not just with them, but with a lot of flappers.
1: Yeah, exactly. With
0: a lot of flappers. It becomes the story of the flappers. Actually, I was looking at those old archival articles again. And there was the one that was just like the flapper, the saddest life to live, or right. like the saddest people of them all. Where is it? Where is well, it? Well, they were
1: saying they needed to live for the now because you know tomorrow is not promised. They had, like you said, lived through this war. You know, they didn't know what
0: you know the future held. So this is from, uh, this is from the El Paso Herald um, in 1920. And it said modern girls face certain disaster. Flappers, quote unquote, call the saddest of them all. Um, in London, England, May eighth, girls with no aim in life, but to walk, but to walk up and down the streets, satisfies as if they can get enough money to take them to picture to picture palaces and keep them supplied with high heel with high heel shoes. <laughs> But see, like, this is, like... But to them, this is the extreme, though. Right. You know what I mean? Like, this is, like... You know, nowadays, we're just, like, these kids are out here taking fucking nudes and, like, doing sex videos Ooh. in high school. And we're worried about them keeping that shit unlocked. All these girls wanted to do was just, like, go outside... Smoke cigarettes. Smoke cigarettes, drink. get a mimosa, and just wear a nice shoe. Wear a nice cunt shoe. But, you know, but again, like... And wear a cunt shoe. And just wear exactly. a cunt shoe. But again, like, this is Victorian values coming at you. Uh-huh. When people are trying to modernize, when people think they're modernizing, it's still coming... I mean, we still do it today. Like, yeah. look at the, the, discu- I mean, the discussion of abortion alone, the arguments of abortion alone. Look at that to this day. Like, we're still in that. You know what I mean? It's so, And it's funny how we haven't really gotten that far. I mean, like, the idea of the flapper is not, it's not necessarily a, it's a new idea to a certain degree, but it's not new because there have been different periods in the past where the youth have kind of, risen up and taken over socially yeah um but
1: I, I really do want to talk about what you're saying because this whole thing this whole spin of being a free-spirited woman that wants to live for themselves and do what they want literally was classified as insanity
0: yes exactly and exactly. she was
1: considered like out of her damn mind just because she was emotional and creative yes
0: exactly and
1: honestly, the what a mental institution was back then was horrifying and they experimented on her so much. They did I'm so many really experimental things to her, yeah. which is why she was always escaping Yes, and running away. Yes. I mean, one thing they would do to her on a regular basis was LSD enemas.
0: Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God, girl. And she would
1: just be tripping oh. out for days oh. and not even know where the fuck she was at because she was just, like, out of her damn mind. I just want And every- even tripping out like that, she would manage to figure out how to get into the forest, how to get out of the building.
0: I just want everyone to realize that Mundy just said that they used to flush Zelda Fitzgerald's ass with LSD. That's what I said. On a regular basis. Yes. Not like that cut shit that may or may not just be printer paper. Yeah, not in a fun way. Not in a fun way. Not in a fun way. We're talking about unabashed, unhinged, like, scientific grade, made in the lab... LSD. Yes.
1: And this is also the time when they were doing a lot of orgasm experimentation and having. Still electroshock, like,
0: too. And still having electroshock, electroshock, yeah. A lot
1: of electroshock, like a lot of like, it was basically like a scarier version of a Sibian that well, you, they would put these women on. Well, you know what's interesting? So
0: I'm trying to, to, to see the
1: effects of the orgasm on the female.
0: So it's almost, so you know what it reminds me of What people are talking about, um, what's it called again? Um, where the rich kids are flipping out because they're so rich. I don't know. Affluenza. Oh, God. So it reminds me of the case of affluenza to a certain degree, where you are going against your extreme luxurious environment and surroundings and upbringing. I think, and I, I mean, like, but think about that. And then coupled with being labeled insane, even though you're actually just rebelling, especially as a woman all of those treatments made her crazier. It
1: was, that was what I was going to say. It was the
0: treatments that they were doing to her that made her lose her her mind.
1: It wasn't until after they started doing all that LSD treatment that they were like, Oh, you know what? Maybe you're schizophrenic. Nah, she was just tripping. Yeah. You know, but anyway, I had this realization on the way here that, you know, just to fast forward to the way she died, which was incredibly tragic. Um, it's a lot like the shirtwaist fire because Mm. she ultimately died because she was locked in her room in Mm. a mental institution Mm. in Asheville, North Carolina. Mm. And there was a fire and every, all of the like more than 16 people burned to death in their cells because the nurses locked them in and left. Yeah. And some really crazy shit is I was actually visiting my uncles in North Carolina, in Asheville And we like took a random turn one day Mm -hmm. and we're just like on some back road and we found the mental institution where she burned to death. It was so crazy. I like saw it and I was like, pull over, pull over. I feel like we need to look at this. And, oh, that, hell and no, then girl. I looked it up later and it was the exact spot. And there was an outdoor staircase, but it was covered in a cage so that people couldn't <sighs> jump off the, sta- the stairs. Oh
0: my God.
1: Anyway. Yeah. And at the time that was when I was in my, I was, I was in a two person play playing Zelda Fitzgerald. Oh, so oh I was this, doing all oh. the research. I felt so strongly connected to her. I was doing that play. She, when this happened when i ran she into these
0: you you to her death place i know i know Truly. you feel it you feel it too alexia it was wild She's i get here. goosebumps just talking about that white it. bitch is here right now but anyway
1: <laughs> i would love to read this one quote i can quote smell the cigarettes Oof,
0: i know i know read the quote please read the okay, quote okay yeah
1: so this is just like an example of you know how how deeply she felt things and her perspective on life because mm-hmm. it really was very unique and forward thinking mm-hmm. mm-hmm. but um mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. nobody has ever measured not even poets how much the heart can hold she refused to be bored chiefly because she wasn't boring i don't want to live i want to love first and live incidentally by the time a person has achieved years adequate for choosing a direction the die is cast and the moment is long since past which determined the future she was conscious that the things she did were the things she had always wanted to do. And it is the loose ends with which men hang themselves.
0: I can't. She did not want mm. to leave
1: anything undone. Mm. She wanted to live her life as fast and as hot and hard as she possibly could. Mm. Bless her.
0: Yes. Zelda. Oh, Zelda. I need, that. I need you to laminate that for me. And like put in the frame because yeah. I need to keep that in my life. That is so powerful. It really is. That is so powerful. Fucking Zelda man. Zelda. She loved big dicks, fast cars, and lots of booze. Fuck
1: yeah! And she loved women too. And she
0: loved. big She was tits. queer.
1: She was. You know. I mean, well, I mean, you know,
0: <laughs> who does it? Who does it? Who doesn't? doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> no, but I mean, like that's anyway. yeah, that's it's a it's it's interesting too, like the queerdom that develops out of this time and, like, what queer now means for us. hmm Um but how much it mirrors that time. Right, well, and,
1: homosexuality was a huge thing that people were put into mental institutions for.
0: But there are people, a lot of people, and but see, this is the thing, though, After, during the 20s, we're going to talk about this probably next week, We maybe we should, but in the 20s, though, you had a lot of people being able to experiment openly with homosexuality in mm-hmm. certain places, a lot of major cities and communities. Um, Even e- though certain
1: sex acts were illegal, See, certain sex
0: acts were illegal, but, technically, but you could still express in other ways um, very openly. I mean, eat, look at the Weimar Republic in fucking Germany. Yeah. Like, you could almost be openly homosexual. I didn't call it that, but there was a lot of freedoms that were happening before the fascism came in. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. God. Um, oh, my God.
1: I'm, like, shaking. I get so emotional thinking about Zelda's life. Oh, She was just so talented and so tortured.
0: Like, it's so interesting. It was another thing, too, that I... I read um, from another writer. It was from The Guardian. They were talking about the movies that were coming out about her in 2016 and some books Mm -hmm. that are being released all in the same year. There's a lot of like this Zelda resurgence in 2016. And one of the writers said, basically, if F. Scott Fitzgerald and Zelda did not love each other as hard as they did and were able to let each other be individuals, and if she had also not giving in to her devotion to him. And not saying she was weak. When you love someone, you love someone. You know what I mean? She's human. He's human.
1: And truly so many people do mistake love and caring for weakness. Yeah.
0: No, that's the most powerful thing you can have. So like I, n- number one, that this person was not saying that she was weak by no means. She was an incredibly strong woman. Yeah. Um, Cause she was a fucking survivor until the day she died. Exactly. You know what I mean? The fires had to take her out. Like right? she was a fucking survivor mm-hmm. um, and lived well past fucking F Scott. Mm -hmm. Um, but the writer was saying if they had not loved each other as hard as they did, they probably would have been two of the greatest minds of our time because they were both so talented, but she especially was like so fucking talented. Yeah,
1: and I really don't think he would have gotten as far as he did without
0: her words. No, no, I don't think so at all. I don't think so at all. Um, But she... She was the light, she was the inspiration. Truly. She was that 1920s muse. Truly. On a, on many many levels, mm-hmm. even in film, you know what I mean? Like she really and it's so it's so interesting too like when I first ever learned about the 20s, I never knew about her. When mm-hmm. I learned about F Scott Van in high school, I never knew about her. We knew she, he was married to her and that was it. Right. Like people don't really people don't really talk about her. Um so we should. And we should, and I think if anyone's talking about the 20s, you cannot talk about it without talking about her heavily. Yes, and
1: please read her books. Read So the two that she self-published are Save the Last Waltz and Bits of Paradise. Yes. And one of my favorite quotes- Is of Bits of from, Paradise the last one? Yes. Yeah, and yeah. one of my favorite quotes from uh, Zelda Fitzgerald, she says, an artist has not truly reached her success until she has been presented with a bird of paradise. Mm. Those were her favorite flowers. Uh. Um, I do
0: love Birds of Paradise, I do,
1: too. I have one in my room always Uh, for her. And that's so wild
0: that that's her favorite flower, because that's, like, the most exotic flower you can have back in the day. Exactly. Like, so fucking exotic, too. Yes, yes. Uh.
1: So, speaking of that love, as we wrap up, please, please check out Lisa Marie's love show at the Cheshire next weekend and come hear some music and see some love on the 8th, on February 8th, next Saturday. We're going to have a party. Celebrate that love. Love. Yes, an art, you know. Art. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Proper celebration, not that you know, hallmark, hallmark Valentine's Day shit.
0: Oh, none of proper, that. Proper,
1: proper love celebration. Well,
0: everyone, thank you so much for joining us. This is the Beauty Archeo, your fashion history comedy podcast. <laughs> I am your host, Professor Noir, with Mix Monday. Mix Monday, and we will see you next time, where we'll talk to you or listen to you or you'll listen to us. We'll be back next time. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to this program on full service radio broadcasting and recording from the line hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, DC full service radio programming can be accessed live and archived on full service Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher. And our DJ sets are available on Mixcloud.com slash Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at FullServiceRadio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at FullServiceRadio. Thanks for listening.